0: Oh, Mike, it's all gone so wrong, hasn't it? Absolutely. Are you sorry you left your party now? You've lost your party. You're going to lose your seats at the next election. You knew you would, which is why you didn't go for a by-election, which is why none of you uh, Tiggers went for a by-election. Now, half of the party that you set up have left you. It's all over.
1: I'm Mike Gapes. I mean,
0: what a flipping mess. Absolutely. Okay, it's good to talk to you. Thank Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, Mike.
3: Milk. But then these people started doing it as uh, they called me Milk Gapes. (laughs) of young men and I'm not sure where I think we're somewhere uh,
1: I was uh, reminded
3: or (laughs) or somewhere but they they've got the podcast and the reality is there there is no copyright on the milk they haven't yet managed to legislate that so as far as I'm concerned I am proud to stand on cows in the south as I did When I was elected first in the 1990s. Milk Gapes. Milk Gapes. Milk Gapes. Now you have a choice. If you join the hard left, they'll give you their list of authorised enemies. Almost all kinds of authority, especially the police, the city, Americans, judges, multinational corporations, public schools, furriers, newspaper owners, fox hunters, generals, class traitors and, of course, moderates
1: opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who Well, we know who the hard who, left are. in are in the you know, I, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said so that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalization without compensation sort of hard left wing position hard left is the hard left 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 hard left
4: Go on Oz's profile because I'm, I'm not banned at the moment. The same guy that was trying to grass up Bane's new account to everyone was also grassing mine up, and I seem to have evaded that somehow. I've blocked him anyway because he's a weird grass cunt. But,
2: oh, of course, um, so
4: yeah. Yeah, two of the three accounts you get recommended if you go on his profile are James Ball and Elliot Higgins from Bellingcat. You might like on the right hand side, and it's Marlon Solomon, Adam Langelman, and Corbin in the Times. <laughs> Corbin in now. the Times is just one of the absolute sad bastard accounts on here man. Yeah. Oh it's, my it's, it's, god, it's yeah. Clearly either post- Oliver Cam or David Don't know which they one, are possibly both.
2: But. Always posting stuff. That, I mean it's quite a useful account in a way, because they're always posting <laughs> examples of Corbyn being way more radical than you, yeah. you know, would necessarily know now. And so you're always just like, oh fucking oh, cool wow, cool. Corbin opposed that. Appalling historical yeah. thing. Ah, oh, excellent. They're going off, <laughs> you know? They're obviously trying to
4: stoke up the thing on shoot to kill again today. But yeah. they're also right, going yes. on, like, uh, horrified that Corbyn said, paraphrasing, that Osama bin Laden was assassinated. He was assassinated.
2: <laughs> if, what, that's literally, a, a, like, an objective description yeah. of what happened. A lot of people are fine <laughs> with
4: it because he was a bad person, but that is what
2: happened you know <laughs> what else are you gonna call if you call it murder that would make it sound even you know yeah. that wouldn't exactly sound more anti-bin-laden yeah. uh, he, he just
4: ceased to live spontaneously what, what, yeah, in the what, presence of american guns
2: like what? what how what do you say that i guess executed i guess is what they'd say Comprom- uh, Compromised
4: to a permanent end i believe is the, the terminology <laughs> uh that was, that he sleeps was... with the fishes. Because like immediately after he died, there was a wrestling show on and people had fucking camera footage of it. Before the news had broken, right, someone's told John Cena, okay, I don't know <laughs> how he got this news, but it genuinely seems like him and The Rock were two of the first people in America to know about I, it. Yeah, so... I heard this about The yeah. Rock. But, yeah. So John Cena's come out of this show, and it's like at the end of the show or something, he's come out on schedule, he's been like, I've got some great news to announce, folks. That's... <laughs> I... At whatever time it was, PM, Osama bin Laden has been compromised to a permanent end and the crowd going wild for chanting USA and stuff. We have caught and
2: compromised to a permanent end, Osama bin Laden. What I this fucking love is that is the, but is just, like, this the man special coming out forces... coming his jorts
4: and his baseball cap, like, yeah, we got him, lads.
2: <laughs> the special forces, guys, were just clearly, like, so hyped to, like, have John Cena and the Rocks phone numbers. <laughs> they were just like, right, who am I going to tell? the coolest guys who i know you know it'll be like these yeah. guys have like met them they may have done like a USO oh, show they, or they something used to do, like... like an
4: iraq show every year they used to actually fly uh, right. about twenty. There you go. out to iraq and perform in the fucking desert in insane heat
2: well exactly yeah so that that will be it that was what that's a you know a time-honored military tradition so these guys they, would they, have made some contact
4: end, partially because the actual troops wouldn't stop
2: like sexually assaulting the women Oh god, okay, that's not cool. That's not that's yeah, not it's, funny. It's, but, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it all got a bit late, but... <laughs> fuck the military man. But yeah, I uh, I I know what they should have called Bin Laden's uh, Bin Laden's killing, death. They should have said they painted Bin Laden's house. I heard you paint houses. Yeah. You know, I heard you paint houses. It's an Irishman reference. Yep. They painted his house but only one color. <laughs> Let's see uh, yeah. so <laughs>
4: the, the, the whole there's so much weird stuff around Osama bin Laden's death. Obviously a few years later, quite a few years later, actually because it was only a couple of years ago, they released the contents they'd found of the hard drives on Osama bin Laden's computers. they, they released them all on the FBI website. <laughs> so for a time, if you had a Nintendo DS emulator, you could download Osama bin Laden's save file. In An in Animal <laughs> Crossing Wild World. And you could play on his town with his cute animal. And presumably it was it was a a, a nephew or a kid of his or something like that in, in the compound. But no, that, yeah. that is canonically Osama bin Laden's town. He had like pirated ROMs, he had like anime uh videos like and you could tell from the file mm. names he'd downloaded them off like fucking uh like LimeWire or SoulSeek or something incredibly dodgy <laughs> it was all like another a
2: fellow SoulSeek user excellent <laughs> Dragon, like, Dragon I, Ball uh,
4: Z not a virus exe you, know? <laughs> you know
2: what if it is is Animal Crossing like uh is it online at all does uh, it have an online kind of component no
4: there's I think you can like swap items and stuff but it's not like an online game
2: um I, I was gonna say because maybe he used like video games to communicate with like other Al-Qaeda guys well, so like that, there are there's all these little cute animals on Animal Crossing like uh we plant the bomb tomorrow
4: (laughs) that's something that's been alleged in the past that terrorists were using World of Warcraft to communicate
2: (laughs) Yeah, it just makes me think of Brass Eye, Peter getting special. Yeah. Where it's just they've got that website where like they, I don't, oh. you know, they could like connect to the kid. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like
4: a cartoon dog, and then there's like the keyboard then emits fumes when you log in, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I'm trying to remember the fucking name of the cartoon dog now. That's really going down a hole.
5: Pantu
0: the dog, a child's game on the internet, but look again. An online paedophile has converted that eye to work as a webcam to look at the child player.
3: Sometimes the child can glimpse the molester in that
2: kennel, bouncing around and waving. How do we even get onto this, like Bin Laden stuff? Oh, we were just talking about like some attack line against Corbin, weren't we? You know. Uh, oh yeah. The, fucking... We're
4: obviously going to get a lot of that in the next few days. You're probably going to be already yeah. sick of it by the time this actually he gets released. This episode, but.
5: Yeah, yeah, um, fuck it. So, man, I mean, like, you, you go on the BBC website
4: it, now, or I went on it about an hour ago, and you had number eight or nine on the top ten most read stories was the report that's like, Corbin questions shoot to kill from 2015.
2: What, the one that Seamus Milne, the one, the, the like, one that complained to the BBC about? was
4: comprehensively debunked, and there's, yeah. there's other stories on the BBC website explaining why it's all bullshit. So, yeah, well, I
2: should say that Seamus was quite right yeah. to compare what the what the bbc
4: do do is when a story like that trends they put if it's older than like six months or something they put like this is from that so you don't get people falling for like fake health scares and stuff you know yeah what they don't do is correct the actual fucking story itself when it's been yeah comprehensively disproven and it's like this was four keeps this was four years ago laura Koonsberg's still in that post
2: and worse than ever oh yeah yeah absolutely Completely without any supervision or any
4: sort of accountability for the increasingly constant, what you'd have to be very generous now to call fuck-ups.
2: Do they just dive down if there's ever more criticism? It's like, fucking hell, man, I hate Rob Burley. He's just the most kind of, like, pious cunt. Like, people are like, yeah, the BBC have fucked up on this one. He's like... Well, no, we haven't, but yeah, if we did, it was definitely a fuck-up rather than anything malicious, and yeah. you're a crank if you think otherwise. Bob fuck with them, man. his
4: pivot instantly from, oh, you fools, you idiot conspiracy theorists, thinking this was anything other than a slight oversight. What are you thinking? Oh, absolutely, what are you doing? To like 10 minutes yeah. later being like, ah, oh, this was an honest mistake. You know, we regret that this happened. We won't do it again. Not ever yeah, acknowledging
2: man. how confrontational he was fucking 45 minutes ago, you know? McDonald killed it on BBC Breakfast today when he was like, you've been played by the Tories. Yes. <laughs> he was like... With his leather gloves on and all the Tory outright yeah. like simultaneously <laughs>
4: like putting that image up with like, I'm really scared. <laughs> like, I'm terrified keep, keep talking,
6: this is great This
2: is plus points for Labour every time you tweet Yeah, yeah, exactly It no, was so good he was. They were trying to cut him off And he was just shouting And they were like Well, um, uh, uh, what we know is that uh, We're still in discussions with the Tories And McDonald's was just like You've been played <laughs> So I think you need to start looking at yourselves About what you should be
3: doing to hold to account Okay, so what, we know, what we know He's making sure what I that say, a proper on, debate On that, on that one we, we understand that talks are ongoing in relation to that so we'll just leave that we, because we don't he, no, know he's
2: pr- no he's yeah. playing so, so those he's talks delaying this the, those, let's leave this one there stage. because what we
3: do know is the talks are ongoing
2: yeah so i mean should we get on to i think what will be our final main item for today which will be um the intervention in the election by um a, a, you know a political sage uh i remember <laughs> roughly one political joke ever made by this person i can tell you a verbatim it was when he released a sort of semi-memoir tour diary thing called the greedy bastard diary a few years ago which you know the name of that book should give you some indication of his general worldview and how open he is about that being his worldview but yeah uh so here's this political joke uh which by the way is also complaining about like a lack of success of one of his projects you know i thought uh (laughs) fuck i'm I'm not getting the voice right by the way you know i i thought that no i can't do it just sounds like my tony blair impression right okay so now i'm not saying the record company buried my rutland isles cd but weapons of mass destruction were easier to find So that's the previous intervention into politics, or rather really the issue of the record company insufficiently promoting the Rutland Isles comedy CD from Mr. Eric Idle of Monty Python fame.
4: Yeah, who could have foreseen that Eric Idle would have bad
2: political takes? The man whose brand is, yeah, I really like money. Yeah, how can I make
4: (laughs) more money from being part of the monty python team without writing much material yeah precisely. I very slightly rework the old material for maximum gain
2: so like of course eric idol's work in the last like decade or so i think amounts to basically right last two decades let's say because his main project of recent years started in the early 2000s Was that spam a lot Spam a Lot, mm-hmm. yep, which is an adaptation, a musical adaptation of Monty Python's 1975 film Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yep. Then you have Not the Messiah, an oratory an oratorio is that it what what an opera based on the life of brian which i believe had a limited release yeah there was yeah,
4: a... didn't have the same success for the other one the... even spam yeah. was critically panned, but at least it made money
2: yeah it made a lot of money yeah. so eric idol is like fantastically rich <laughs> i don't know what he's worried about really but then of course he was the main creative force if you can really call it that in monty python's like incredibly Sad, I found them. Reunion shows in 2014, Mm. which, yeah, I dutifully went down to the cinema paid to see it on my birthday no less and uh, <laughs> I was bitterly disappointed by what I saw if you have that like... shit a
4: birthday you just get to write a year off your age and just be like no I'm a year younger now that doesn't count.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah precisely so you know like Eric Idle has basically like Monty Python at its best I think is a kind of dazzlingly creative like was rather a t- kind of dazzling creatively creative taboo busting innovative kind of comedy not only their sketches but the movies as well there's things in there that kind of like I think just for directing Holy Grail Life of Brian and Meaning of Life Terry Gilliam's sorry Ter- Terry Jones is one of the greatest film directors in terms of showing how comedy can be realized on a big screen palette <laughs> Eric Idle's last work of any worth I think was for Rutles mm-hmm. which is from 1978 <laughs> around the time he went off to America to host Saturday Night Live and Lorne Michaels gave him a bit of money. And true, it's one of the better Saturday Night Live related films, apart from *Magruba*, which is great as well. But um, Eric Idle, not involved in MacGruber. Um, <laughs> Anyway, he's basically got involved in the UK election, mainly in the form of a beef with our friends from the Canadian left-wing podcast, Michael and Us.
4: (laughs) Yep. Looking for revenge Um, on the impact the Lumberjack sketch has had on images of rural Canada.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, of course it makes sense. Eric Idle's not going to be talking to, you know, his own people. Eric's not lived in the UK in a very, very long time. He, like, literally, whenever I think of Eric Idle, I think of him, like, sitting by a pool count in california where he does live yeah. counting money he's not like john cleese who's been divorced loads of times miraculously someone can stand eric idle enough to be married to him for a long time so he's still got all his money <laughs> he doesn't have to go on a yearly alimony tour like cleese he uh, is an extremely comfortable man thanks to his decades of exploiting the monty python legacy in a way that just none of the others were ever asked about, although they presumably signed it all off. How did he even get started, the Eric Idol was, wanted... was he not just
4: kicking off about the fact that Corbyn wanted to tax rich people more? Yeah, I think It was I as simple so. as that. It was very much, uh, I've been very rich for quite a long time, and I don't really realise how different my circle of friends' lives are from everyone else's. He probably <laughs> thinks there's a lot of people were quite rich but not quite as rich as him
2: fucking hell man he tweets a lot
4: yeah yeah uh, that,
2: it... well well, not anymore not michael and us drove him off twitter but
4: <laughs> he did tweet that's a hell lot. of a scout by the way <laughs> we need to up our game we need to like
2: yeah <laughs> we need to fucking get at least one of my childhood heroes taken off twitter that's absolutely certain yeah
4: i think we should go with someone we can easily compare with their scout we need to like get the entire goodies band off the website or something like that <laughs> 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 Fucking gone. That's...
2: i don't know they mostly seem like quite nice men i think <laughs> they're probably all dead by now anyway
4: to be fair right?
2: but, no i think i think i think they're all alive man what like uh, two of them are always on i haven't got a clue uh so, i'm sorry i haven't a clue it's not that i listen to it but i think i just hear if they died you know and bill Oddie's still alive i think he endorsed labor so i think the goodies are still going yeah yeah anyway i don't know if any of them are on twitter
4: <laughs> by the way yeah uh-huh.
2: Probably for the best. But actually, the other thing to remember is the goodies are nowhere near as rich as Monty Python.
4: Sure. Yeah. They, they the goodies. They never run... had international success, really, did they?
2: exactly the goodies ran for a few series on bbc and most of them aren't even available on dvd or anything they never had a film career they've spent most of their time bill Oddie doing tv nature shows and the other two guys doing radio four panel shows so they're not in the same socio-economic situation as eric idol i think it's fair to say i'm trying to figure
4: out if bill Oddie's a comrade here he hates boris johnson <laughs> he hates boris johnson and donald trump he also hates Brexit and loves animals, and that's pretty much all I'm getting <laughs> from all of his tweets.
2: Well, look, he'll be comfortably off. I'm not saying that. Although you know, he stopped doing Springwatch a few years ago because he, I think, he was very depressed. Mm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, we, we who knows what's going on in Bill Hoddy's life? He clearly, clearly despises
4: Tories and Boris Johnson in particular, but he doesn't say anything remotely yeah. positive or even
2: acknowledge Labour at all so interesting uh, maybe he's a green or something but yeah. anyway what's interesting is that eric idol has tweeted loads and loads about jeremy corbyn actually he's really shook by the prospect of this happening he tweets loads of anti-trump stuff but like it's not good anti-trump stuff it's like retweeting Neera a tanden and yeah. like just shit shit eating melt hacks who bang on about russia all day
3: we look up to america uh, and always have our generation was born under Hitler, and we were rescued by America, who came, came along and invaded the, you know, the continents and re- got rid of fascism. So it's sad to see it being replaced in America. Uh, but I, I am a believer in America. I really firmly believe you're going to kick the bastard out.
4: He knows that if anyone other than Bernie and an absolute push to a more limited effect, Warren, gets in, it's not actually going to affect him. You know, so we'd probably oh, rather Ma- just have someone that's not uncouth.
2: Michael and us said on their podcast that he's supporting Michael Bloomberg's presidential campaign. That
4: figures, you know, and if failing that, you know, you go for one of the really obvious melt candidates of the Democrats. If- Join
2: the Yang gang. <laughs> or, uh, or, or be one of Mayor Pete's boys like David yeah, Crosby. Yeah, I was thinking Mayor
4: Pete. Probably.
2: I gotta say, so you know how everyone who's ever known him hates David Crosby? Yeah. Yeah, like Stills, Nash, Young, Neil Young had his 70th birthday a couple <laughs> of years ago. He had a big party, Crosby, Nash both invited. No, sorry, not Crosby. Fuck, I fucked it up. Stills and, Stills and Nash. Nash, Stills and Nash both both invited. Crosby not. I literally asked Crosby on Twitter. So, I know that you don't get on with Graham Nash and with Neil Young anymore. Are you still friends with De- with Stephen Stills and he replied like Not the last time we spoke (laughs) So my long roundabout point Is that David Crosby has found a way To alienate most people Mm -hmm. But you know what I really like his first solo album. He was in the original lineup of The Birds. He plays on my favourite Neil Young album on the beach on, like, one or two tracks, and it's a good rhythm guitar part, the one I'm thinking of. So I don't I, I, don't have it in for Crosby. You can turn a blind eye his,
4: to him being a bit being unpleasant a
2: or, or, or turning shit after a certain point. You can sort of separate the Absolutely. man and the work. But his support for Pete Buttigieg has just completely fucked that up. I actually hate him now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just that's... literally... Because you see just how, like, what a stupid man he is who thinks he's so smart, the way he... re, You know, anyone who supports Pete Buttigieg, it's because they think that he's, like, got all the facts, that he's a smart guy, you know? And Crosby posts all this absolute garbage about how Mayor Pete's got all the plans, and it completely flies in the face of his support for Bernie in 2016. And you see, oh, he just supported Bernie because then he could be like oh I'm right and the rest of the Democrats are wrong you know that the mainstream like Democrats are wrong I'm not like them but now that Bernie is like a serious force he's going to be a contrarian yeah. and just support this guy uh, because he thinks it makes him look smart but Cross, man, it makes you look fucking stupid <laughs> should we return to Eric Idle Yeah. Anyway? so I've had luck into his previous anti
4: corbin tweets there's, there's quite a lot of dating back a while I found one, someone who's got like pythonite in their handles so presumably eric Idle <laughs> follows them they've probably had a conversation in the past has tweeted like a fairly generic hashtag filled pro labor tweet with a couple of pictures yeah. of corbin this is from september so there's like general election now in it and stuff like that and eric Idle's not tagged into it or anything he must follow this guy because it's popped up on his timeline or something like that and he's just replied to it with, no more fucking corbin photos please must i block
2: you <laughs> trot twats not welcome on my timeline <laughs> so obviously there's a thing of for example somebody like in Piers Morgan today did a tweet where he got an old speech of Corbyn talking about hardline Israel supporters and he said, This is anti-semitism and, and and obviously Piers Morgan's whole brand is someone says this thing is racist and he'll say no it's not but there's the one kind of racism that one he's found the thing that he thinks is racism you know Eric Idol is much like that like I've literally heard him make anti-semitic jokes mm. oh yeah you know, he's people, happy to play on stereotype like, like he, Eric Idol's not Jewish but he made a joke just only a couple of years ago like maybe in a documentary about the python reunion or something where he's like oh people see or oh, Eric I Del, I, I, Idel, you know, he kind of like says a sort of Yiddish sounding pronunciation of his name. Oh, he loves money. He must be Jewish. And I'm like, right, that there is just worse than anything yeah. Jeremy Corbyn has ever said, <laughs> you know, but he's big on the thing of like Corbyn's an anti-Semite. Eric Idle is convinced of this.
4: So I've found I've actually found a tweet that actually reflects all right on Eric Idle here. It's the most chaotic conversation I've ever seen on Twitter. I can't see most of yeah. it because people in it have got me blocked or I've blocked them, right? But this is a, <laughs> a, this is an exhaustive list of the people in the conversation. Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour Party <laughs> official account, Aaron Bastani, <laughs> Ari Tuttle, which is obviously now a defunct account, David Collier, <laughs> Tracy oh. ann Oberman, oh, Suzanne Moore, Al yeah. Murray, David Schneider, oh, okay. The lads. And Eddie Marson. And it's, <laughs> there's a long, long conversation. Most of the tweets that aren't Tracy Ann Oberman and Aaron Bastani at the moment uh, Like <laughs> unavailable, either deleted or someone's blocked me. Okay. <laughs> looks like they may be kicking off about Ari Tuttle. But like 30, 40 replies down, Eric Idle's sole contribution is. I'm not sure why I'm on this stream. Can I go now, please? So someone <laughs> just randomly tagged Eric Idle in, and he's just like, had so all these jokes. various dickheads, and obviously left-wingers he completely disagrees with, just all arguing, presumably very <laughs> vicious, given the people involved. And yeah, just, but, a... well,
2: that's because he, he doesn't actually he care. He doesn't understand that's Twitter, like...
4: he's like, I'm not sure why I'm on this stream.
2: <laughs> No, but the thing is, he doesn't want to actually, like, be part of that conversation for the same reason he just melted and quit Twitter when Michael and us called him out, which is... He's not used to
4: people talking
2: back, you know, he's well, a yeah, well, and He, d- he doesn't want to engage in the conversation. No. He's, he's just a rich man tweeting from the side of his pool. That's it. It's fine. But he'll fart out a couple of stupid right-wing tweets, yeah. but then he doesn't actually want to, like, get in a conversation about it. To which I'd say, well then, stop reading your fucking mentions, Eric. You're famous. Like, loads of people are going to at you. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't
4: quite get him. But the main tweet this time is he's, he's obviously kicked off about potentially being taxed more. But not not, not even him, really. I don't know if he's got any financial interest in the UK still you might have some but he's more like oh if you tax all the rich loads they'll you know they'll all stop payoffs whatever you know he's his typical arguments
2: he knows that the state have already got flying circus he thinks we're coming for the holy grail yeah,
4: meaning of life and life he, of brian he's like, Next. he's like oh they're gonna nationalize my work like it's equivalent oh, to like the Eric, energy companies like it's equivalent <laughs> to the train service you know he's like right as soon as they've done that they're gonna come for the complete works of comedians whose peaks were in the 60s and 70s well he, he doesn't but... fucking
2: know the half of it man we're gonna come for their tie-in books we're going to come for the albums we're going to come for eric idol rips off monty python the live album eric idol sings monty python what was that the name of their late period um album the hastily cobbled together for a fast buck album all of that is coming into public ownership eric mate
4: this is the thing he's not actually it's not actually gonna massively impact him because obviously no. All of the TV series has been nationalised from day one because he made it for the fucking <laughs> BBC, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I, he misses the fucking I hate state 1960s apart from
4: when they gave us our entire platform and the reason anyone's ever heard of us.
2: He um, sits by his fucking pool with a cigar in in, yeah. in between his teeth, like the golden days. That was the 1960s when we were doing "Do not adjust your set." You only had to do 23 minutes. They had the ad breaks. It was a golden age commercial television. The fuck the. Obviously
4: the films as well have incredibly complex rights situations and funding situations and ownership situations around them. So I've been informed, I haven't really looked into this in great detail, but I've been informed that the Pythons really only directly receive royalties and, and have the rights in the traditional sense to, I believe, Life of Brian and one of the big live videos. Oh, the right, rest, okay. The rest of it is under different ownership because the company's going bust and stuff like that. So they. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so it's
2: like yeah. Handmade Films, George Harrison's yeah. company. Uh, I don't know the stuff. rights
4: of the various spin-off books and CDs and stuff they've released over the years, but <laughs> well, I'd imagine that's a ho- slow trickle of income anyway.
2: Well, the Holy Grail was funded <laughs> just by loads of rock bands that like Python Chipping yeah. in, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like Pink Floyd and uh, Led Zeppelin uh, and stuff. George Harrison was basically one of their main patrons for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Various rock stars from that yeah. era. I think Harrison mainly, in that he actually set up a production company yeah. to do Life of Brian. But no, I imagine, yeah, there's a lot of shady, like, financial stuff going on there. So yeah, no wonder mm-hmm. Eric Idol wanted to create something that would enable him to, like, make shitloads yeah. of money off the Holy Grail. And we can't really everything. nationalize fucking Spam a lot
4: or something, can we? Because it's like, oh, what's <laughs> that going to achieve? He might not do. Three dates of his world tour in London, or something, you know? <laughs> he's just not yeah. really going to. He's just kicking off on principle because someone wants to tax the rich. I right? think that's more revealing than. If it was, like, oh shit, I might lose money
2: here. Yeah, well, he claims here to be a former Labour supporter. He says, I know it's foolish to even hint at anything on here, but for the record, I am not in favour of privatising the NHS. That feel when you have to clarify that you're not in favour of privatising the NHS. He says, I have never voted Tory in my life. I am against the trot, twat, Corbyn. I hope he loses. (laughs) I have never supported the Tories in my life <laughs> I hope Labour lose and we can get our Labour Party back it's too late for the country <laughs> I mean when he
4: lived in the UK let's face it like, you can tell from the Monty Python ethos in general that they had a sort of contempt for the, right, the, you know, the, the mainstream right wing at the time A lot of mainstream right wing attitudes sometimes coming across a bit classist, but a lot of it is at least seems to be meant well, roughly as good as you can expect from a bunch of incredibly privileged Oxbridge students. But I think. He's just incredibly removed from UK politics. And he's still kind of thinking of it in terms of Wilson versus your sort of typical hard right sixteen, seventies and 70s backbenchers and stuff. Or maybe he didn't like Thatcher. That might have been about the last time he was in, in any way sort of on top of... <laughs> British politics. Yeah.
2: I mean I said earlier I think a lot of Monty Python is just great comedy, but they I mean, were never like left wing or anything. Um John Cleese, for example, his politics now are all over the place. Yeah. Like a weird kind of like I hate the Daily Mail, but also we need to send all the immigrants back. Like Yeah. But, he's um, very he, but John Cleese but he from his own
4: experiences just generally despises the right wing press, so it's it's hard to get away yeah, from him. Exactly,
2: but yeah. I mean like, like Eric Idle, is is the who one...
4: makes a lot of jokes about being filthy rich or being sort of cleaned out by his divorces and needing money for that, uh, but they're very obviously rooted in truth, you know?
2: And Cleese these days is obsessed with political correctness gone mad. Of he course, it's the it's usual. But...
4: He's uh, he's read a couple of articles where someone said, like, <sighs> oh, this particular Monty Python sketch hasn't dated well, or this particular Faulty Towers sketch, I think, or, or routine yeah. hasn't dated well. And he's like... This is a personal attack on me rather than oh no <laughs> hang on, attitudes have changed. It just means we'd do some of it different if we did it now. You know, they they take it so personally, whereas no one's saying let's banish John Cleese because he yeah. told a joke that wasn't gonna be recognised as racist in the mainstream forty years ago, but we've now come to recognise is. <laughs> but they they um... People just can't take it as anything other than a personal attack on the them of the 1970s or what have you.
3: Okay, well, for anyone left, here's some Alliance propaganda. Or with me doing it, impropaganda. So, let's have some jokes. Uh, Did you hear about the local council spokesman who said, we have a policy of equal opportunity for people with criminal records? (laughs) Then it was this local council that stopped its libraries from buying certain books. And what did they stop them buying? Fiction! <laughs> you know the council had fired some of her racist body language? Well now they've got over 100 teacher vacancies. <laughs> Don't worry though, to make up for that they're planning to hire about 200 advisors on racial
2: equality. <laughs> but Cleese is actually the one out of Python who you do know where he stood politically oh, yeah. throughout his life in that he has done multiple videos supporting both the SDP in the 80s and the Liberal Democrats in, for example,
3: 1997. Look, I've got a problem and I need your advice. It's all right. It's not psychiatric. Actually, it's not really my problem. It's something that's puzzling the Liberal Democrats, but...
2: As I am a Lib Dem, I'm puzzled too. John Cleese was not on the new Labour train, man. He was still standing hard for the Lib Dems. Um... So he's always considered himself very much on the centre-left, and you can hear... It's uh, just on a centre, really. If you hear his STP videos yeah. in the 80s, it's a, you know, classic Cleese, you know, still a very agile performer at that time. Sort of just a couple of years before Fish Called Wander mm. is him just like,
5: well, you know, the left have got their ridiculous ideas and the
2: right have got theirs, and, you know... I mean, it's just quite it's quite funny to watch, but it's the, the most textbook centrist nonsense you'll ever hear. It's, uh, it's quite funny. And we'll see say when we agree with other parties. For example, we agree with the Tories that we shouldn't
3: disarm unilaterally, although we don't think we need to buy Trident. We agree with Labour about the need to increase public spending to reduce unemployment and to salvage the National Health Service. We agree with the Tories about the need for profitable industry and to encourage enterprise, although we want to share the profits around more. And we agree with Labour on the need to invest in education, although we will pay more attention to raising standards. Second, we'll try to be fair and balanced between capital and labour, workers and management. After all, we are not owned or funded by the unions or big business. And also,
2: we'll try to get the balance right between being tough and being tender. Eric Idle, it sounds like he's saying that he's traditionally been a Labour supporter. He's saying here in, in response to somebody, and why do you think Sir Jay left the country? Who does that mean? John Cleese? Like, this is foul, and to return to nationalisation as a solution for anything is insane. But fortunately, it just stops him being electable. <laughs>
4: Gotta say we've come a long way in the right direction, where it's gone from the Lib Dems being able to get actual world famous comedians to do bits for them, and now they're stuck with really awkward Lib Dem conference stand up material. From Eddie Mase. Well, I'm gonna send you a link from one from like the early coalition years that went almost. Okay. It was it was almost like the several years earlier version of Liz Truss banging on about pork markets and cheese and stuff, where it's just like <laughs> extremely odd energy.
0: I thought I wouldn't keep you for too long tonight because I want to get back to my hotel room to watch Strictly. Do you watch it? Of course you do. I heard though that they've got Peter Hayne booked for the next series. He's doing the tango. Or has he been tangoed? But uh, coming back to George Osborne, I heard that um, he's quite keen to get on the show as well. He wants to do a line dance. probably damages my efforts at ever getting anything through the quad ever again but um uh, never mind
2: the funny thing about that eric idol tweet there like to return to nationalization as a solution for anything is insane etc is that he's not added into that thread or anything he's simply just quote tweeted somebody in the replies to senior brexit advisor at the cabinet office henry newman um <laughs> Which was like uh, it's still just like an anti-nationalisation tweet. Turns out this guy was director of Open Europe, by the way. <laughs> but uh, right, but yeah, uh, it's some guy called Sir Monty <laughs> M P O B C B B C C N B C A W O O L maybe. Is this a Trevor think... Bastard account? <laughs> well, I think that that's a reference to the Monty Python sketch Upper Class Twitter for Year which is where where they've all got names like Sir Monty. Or maybe Monty is combining that with just a general reference to Python. But yeah, maybe Eric Idle's just seen like, hey, it's one of my people in the comments of that tweet. And he's been like, that you don't know the half of it, mate. Corbyn's going to take my films as well.
4: Yeah, they just seem to have very strange ideas about intellectual property and the left and <laughs> how much of a
2: priority it really is, you know? Oh 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 good news though. Somebody says, Who are you voting for, Eric? Doesn't sound like the good guys and he says, England does not let me vote. I couldn't even vote against Brexit. I would vote for anyone who would get rid of the Twat Johnson and block Brexit. Wait, what? But he just said Oh never mind. He says, But I can't. I do pay taxes though that's peak man like that's, uh, actually I mean that's pretty good but they don't let Eric Idle vote in the country I was just thinking you know all these fucking expats who lived in California yeah. like pool for 30 years like all voting for the Tories like, you can vote
4: for a certain amount of time I think when you're an expat you get it's yeah. like 15 years or so. it's quite a long time but
2: it explains how Yaya can vote yeah
4: but it also explains why Eric Idle can't, I think, and that, you yeah. know, I, I assume he's not moved briefly back to the UK at, at times. I think he's been
2: like LA for a long time. Oh yeah, he wouldn't move back to the UK. In fact, I joked on the Joker episode about Python Night from 1999. We were talking about this earlier. Eric Idle didn't even bother to come back for Python Night. Man, he did one show, he did one sketch on his own that looked like it was like recorded in. a his living room <laughs> so yeah no he doesn't come back to the uk for shit man Yeah, no why, why would he unless there's a tour on you know something to sell I mean, literally exactly but this is i guess classic tweet which is that he said after he said imho stealing from a rich is still stealing Again, this is another quote tweet of Monty. <laughs> then Eric Idol then says in, re- in response to somebody, he said, If I create something that becomes valuable and successful, why should Jeremy Corbyn steal it and ruin it? Corbyn's going to remake all the Monty Python films with himself and his mates playing all the characters. Eric says, That's not socialism. That's communism. He could take over Python, in
4: capital letters oh no he might stifle um, that rich flow of new python material that's, <laughs> that's coming right. out and he's good
2: endless creativity yeah. all right they did one film post the advent of thatcherism <laughs> so within this historical epoch yeah. he hasn't really done that many good tweets but yeah he was just like in michael and us's replies scrapping with them for a couple of days and then he uh he eventually just quit <laughs> so yeah pouring one out for one of my childhood heroes i did actually i already got blocked by him on my old personal account though on um, at frame jack because nice. i was like eric you've made loads of anti-semitic jokes in the past who are you to call corbin an anti Semite? Yeah. Well, yeah he blocked me noisy minority
3: groups unions russia weirdos demonstrators welfare sponges meddlesome clergy peaceniks the bbc strikers Social workers, communists, and of course, moderates.
2: But actually, you did discover one more thing from Eric Idle that he did a tweet in w- which unfortunately revealed something that does shine a new light on a classic piece of Python history. Oh, do you not know what I Sorry, mean? Sorry. Uh, good, Ghana. Go the. No, 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 you know, the scabbing thing. Oh,
4: yes, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, he's been getting rinsed all day for his, his taxations and stuff. So, someone's been going to, I think someone's been watching him on, on Netflix or, or going back to the old episodes and live-tweeting their thoughts on what ones have aged well, sort of quirks and stuff at the time. Yeah. He's going through series one. And he's remarking on how the sort of murdering barber sketch that, that transitions into the the famous Lumberjack song. He's saying it's a really lukewarm studio audience reaction, given that it went on to be like seen as one of the classic Python sketches. Uh, yeah. He's saying he's put it down, the, the guy making the commentary sort of put it down to first season syndrome. The people in the audience haven't seen the show before, you know might not be for some of them yeah Eric Idle's quote tweeted it also there was a strike on and we taped it live at the Golders Green Odeon not our regular TC1 <laughs> so all a bit chaotic so he's not only just a oh, yeah I'm a scab he's basically outed the entire python <laughs> cast yeah, and crew yeah. as all a bunch <laughs> poor of Michael scab Palin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's it's mm. Palin who stars in that sketch so Eric yeah. is just owning up to scabbing with just this big picture of Michael Palin quoted in between <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh poor michael i'm sure he'll be voting Labour. you know the nice one
4: i hadn't actually seen the replies but it's just a load of left twitter people saying like i'm a scab and i'm okay and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
2: i cut down trees across picket lines <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know out of the pythons graham chapman just a madman i don't think he would have voted <laughs> um, terry jones always seemed like a labor man to me especially during the bush years when he was yeah. very passionately against the iraq war unfortunately terry's now got dementia and i I don't think he'll you know ever speak out on anything publicly again no but, no it's a sad you know, situation i, I always got a sense that Terry Jones is a good man. Him and him and Michael. Him Palin, and Michael Palin are the I ones think... you you actually
4: disappointed when anything like that comes out. Really, exactly. previously <laughs> yeah. Terry Gilliam, but he's sort of dragged himself through the mud recently, defending oh, various idea. Hollywood dangers, basically.
2: Yeah, definitely, and I mean, I've th- you know, there are. Rumours that he's a bit of one himself, right? To be honest, nothing I've heard like verified, but certainly sort of comments, little things alluding
4: to it, right? Yeah, and
2: yeah, also, but, but, sorry, but there's, there's a, like, a really dodgy bit in it, like an interview with all of the Python guys, where I think it's Gilliam says about Graham Chapman, who is obviously the only gay member of the team. By the way, since Chapman died, a lot of their homophobic sketches always feel really awkward when they perform them. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, uh... there's no one there, you'd be like,
4: Oh, he's in on the job you know
2: yeah 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 but basically gilliam was like i think this is before me too so it was something like gilliam was like oh well he got out before them It was a good job for him really that he died before all the kind of tabloid pedophilia kind of <laughs> so he basically just suggested that graham chapman was a pedophile which to be fair I've heard that he did really like sleeping with much younger men, so, like, there could be something to that. But, wow, the way he just casually made a joke about it. Yeah. You know? Pretty bleak. (laughs) That's the thing, like, with these guys, you know, they're a part of me whatever, because I, I grew up on their stuff, and it gave me an interest in comedy and what can be done with it. And for what it's worth, I'm kind of with them through, like, the rough and the smooth, so... Damn, like this Eric Idol thing is—it's uh, been a real rocky ride, I've got to say.
4: Yeah, it's uh, always the ones you least expect that melt like that, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God. Not Eric Idol. not the author of the Greedy Bastard Diary. <laughs> <laughs> God, a titan of the Labour movement. <laughs> yeah,
3: are you the Judean People's Front? Fuck off! What? Judean People's Front? For the People's Front of Judea? Judean people's front. <laughs> oh. Wankers. Listen. The only people we ate more than the Romans are the fucking Judean people's front. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Flitters. And Flitters. the Judean popular people's front? Oh, yes. Yes. Splitter. 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 And the People's Front of Judea. Yes. The People's Front of Judea splitters. We're the People's Front of Judea. Oh. I thought we were the Popular Front. People's Front? Whatever happened to the Popular Front, right? He's over there. Yeah!
2: <laughs> okay, so like one last thing. This is Eric Idle adding Michael and us. Michael and us said actually Jeremy Corbyn as leader of the Labour government probably should take over Monty Python on the grounds for anything that old really ought to be in the public domain by now. And Eric Idle said whose grounds are these? The Karl Marx Cemetery, (laughs) I agree Corbyn, do you see that as a ground pun that he made there? I do,
4: yeah, he's on fire.
2: I agree Corbyn is hilarious, but on a Dickens level, you really want Python taken over by the trot wing of the Labour Party? (laughs) It's like, well, yeah, I don't want the Blairites taking it over. (laughs) They practically have with their appropriation of the People's Front of Judea joke already. So I mean, (laughs) that
4: was the best thing I think of the whole Change UK period. It was just actually when it all started splitting up, getting to use that against them. Always loved. Yeah, it's like
5: wow.
2: Turns out that it's hard to have a unified political movement, especially when you're in direct competition yeah. with major parties with a historic when legacy. you're trying to set a new one up
4: <laughs> or establish yourself within a small one, yeah. That's how a lot of these <laughs> splits have happened
2: over the years. Michael and us have helpfully shared a picture of John Cleese from a Python sketch with a caption, Mash the dirty red scum. Christ, Christ's sake. <laughs> it's a good sketch, I actually remember that.
7: Mash the dirty red scum! Tell him in the teeth where it hurts! Kill! Kill, kill! Filthy bastard tommies! I hate him, I hate him! <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah!
8: <laughs> ah! She's ready! Kinda!
2: And they replied to Eric Idol saying, actually, this sounds like a pretty good idea. So. <laughs> So, yeah, you know solidarity with the lads really it's been uh, been a fucking everything we've talked about today has been a roller coaster, yeah, you know
4: yeah. it's been also like fucking two hours ten minutes, yeah, absolutely
2: <laughs> I feel like almost the Eric Idol stuff should be its own mini sewed. Possibly, yeah, yeah. That... So just so it's a manageable size, the episode in general. That would make sense as well,
4: yeah. It's a bit less current, so it would be the sensible one to, to split off. Uh.
2: <laughs> we got so much material out of just Eric Idle being a melt. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Yeah, I guess because I I know the politics of Monty Python. We're both at least
4: certain degrees of having been Python nerds at some point, so... Ah, definitely. We know why Uh, why he's a dick, basically.
2: But that's the thing, you know, I try not to, like, dismiss canonical works out of hand. Because I think, you know, there's obviously, like, very popular and acclaimed things that I don't like. But in a lot of cases, you know, that shit is influential. Mm. Because, you know, they were doing things that no one else was. They broke ground, but Monty Python, yeah, it is weird because there's like the Monty Python, the show and the films, which are very cutting edge, and innovative, and then there's the Monty Python brand, the Monty Python which is nostalgia
4: just nostalgia works, which
2: yeah, which is just kind of like, hey, the parrot scare. It's just then just pour a bucket full of cash into Eric Idol's hands. That's yeah. it. You're essentially <laughs> watching
4: two hours of basically just the the greatest hits you've already seen which doesn't really work in a comedy setting like it would going to see a band or something like that and hope, oh, hoping man, for seriously. like a couple of good improvised lines or something in the two hours or something.
2: The reunion shows I thought were like so depressing because it really just felt like Eric Idle's thing mm. it didn't feel like Monty Python it felt like his sort of I I, I don't really know how to describe it his like personally the commodification of Monty Python that he himself has masterminded so it was just all like it wasn't a a catchphrase comedy show you know like they cut they didn't do that cheap shit but now obviously the sketches are so legendary that when they did come to do that show it was just like catchphrase 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 sure. and then all the fucking musical numbers which were terrible yes. yeah that was kind you of what I found so I grim.
4: one or two of them in for, for padding or set changes and stuff but they were shoehorning so many in and it was just
2: it was constant and it really did feel like just yes. like eric idol wrote most of the songs and gets royalties off this stuff <laughs> that's kind of how i felt i mean yeah he wrote some of the great sketches but so did cleese and chapman and payload and jones and so it's just kind of like the songs are really the place where he can kind of make his personal brand felt do you think it's like
4: revenge because obviously there were the two sort of writing partnerships and he was on his own and he's spoken about yeah and sort of maybe getting a little bit less in than he than he wanted to because he Definitely. had less votes for it do you think he's maybe sort of right now as I've helped organize this I've got a bit more power I'm gonna make sure I get all my shit in and also more shit in to compensate for the years I didn't
2: ah uh, 100% man you know I I think yeah he's kind of he ha- had a lot of resentments I mean he's not quite like I mean John Cleese had Faulty Towers and then a film career admittedly Cleese's film career hasn't been good for a very long while but he has been in quite a lot of stuff whereas Eric Idle I don't know in the 80s he starred in quite a bit of stuff mainly like in Terry Gilliam films but then he really just was in a load of crap like Nuns on the Run films with like zero percent on rotten tomatoes and shit but an alan smithy film burn hollywood burn which is literally quote directed by quote-unquote alan smithy because it was so bad the director took the name off it and this is a film about you know alan smithy is the name that directors put in when they disown a film this film is about an alan smithy director disowning his film and stars like everyone famous ever and yeah it was so bad for arthur Hiller owned it after directing it but yeah so eric idol's just been in all these kind of films and it feels like that he was like really struggling to find a niche until he did spam a lot until he found a way to monetize his history in python feels like he was just kind of like you know by his pool in la thinking what's my next move yeah
3: privileged to have with us karl marx the founder of modern socialism and author of the communist manifesto Vladimir Ilyich Yulianov, better known to the world as Lenin, leader of the Russian Revolution, writer, statesman, and father of modern socialism, Che Guevara, the Bolivian guerrilla leader, and Mao Zedong, chairman of the Chinese Communist Party since 1949. And the first question is for you, Karl Marx. The Hammers. The Hammers is the nickname of what English football team? The Hammers. No? Well, bad luck, Carl. It is, in fact, West Ham United.
2: By the way, The Ruttles 2 Can't Buy Me Lunch. Worst film I've ever seen. I've not seen it, but you've kind of sold me on it there. <laughs> okay, so imagine he was like, I'm going to do a Ruttle sequel, but... I'm not going to call up any of the other guys because I'm really angry at them for making a Ruttles album without me in the 90s, even though I never wrote any of the music for the Ruttles. So, really, that was Neil Innes' right to do that. <laughs> so, he was like super angry and he was like, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all the songs that the others recorded in the 90s that made me really angry and I'm going to use all these f- songs. Fuck those guys. I'm going to use all their fucking songs because I still own the Ruttles brand. And I'm gonna film all these bits myself And it's not gonna be a new load of material Like what the Ruttles did after the events depicted in the Ruttles, the first one It's just gonna be retelling the story In a way that completely contradicts the fictional history in the Ruttles Comprised, in footage terms, of either stuff from the original film outtakes from the original film that look really low quality and just new stuff that's like Eric Idle with a digital camera on him like on his own wow <laughs> it's so bad but you know how he's like the biggest star fucker in the world like he sort of loves famous people yeah most of the film right is just him talking to David Bowie, Billy Connolly, Carrie Fisher, Jewel Steve Martin, Mike Nichols the director, Conan O'Brien Salman Rushdie <laughs> Gary Shandling, Robin Williams Clint Black I don't know who that is actually, uh, wait do I know who Clint Black is? Yeah he's a country singer what the f- <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, Tom Hanks No sorry they didn't actually manage to get Bill Murray back for the he's in the original and they just used like archive footage of him, Graham Nash Bonnie Raitt Jesus. Dave Stewart what? from Eurythmics <laughs> James Taylor and Rolling Stone founder and publisher Jan Venner, so that's like way more celebrities than the original ruttles is and um, but it's also just plausibly
4: his dinner table party you
2: know it's it's literally just like, oh, what would give me an excuse to go and talk to all these famous people yeah <laughs> and also the film is like fifty six minutes long, so it's not even feature length. The original Ruttles is 76 minutes long, so they actually, they made a bigger film on, a, you know, the Saturday Night Live budget than they did on, like, I guess, Eric Idle's personal pre spam funds. funds. <laughs> so, I do, you know, I just wanted to kind of get into that just for a minute, because it's just, like, I think it's just such a telling project about this guy. Yeah. This just kind of, like... Gapesian level of bitterness.
4: Yeah, there is a bit of a Gapes energy about it, isn't it? Just the. You've got everything and you're still. You're doing well in in regular terms, in terms of your situation, and you're still just. Consumed with anger that not everything's going your way.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, the way he Gapes, you know, he's a Labour MP. He's a backbencher he can mouth off as much as he wants, but he just can't take that it's even fucking, now the, having the leadership of Labour. Off.
4: He's going to get a very nice pension for the rest of his days. Make all sorts of small side incomes on the side as well. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. But just, he, you know, he he just can't take the thing, the world isn't as he wants it. And I think similarly with Eric Idle, he's just like, hang on, I fucking, you know, these guys can't go off and do the music without, why didn't they invite me to do the music? And it's like, I've got to say, it's embarrassing for Eric Idle that he's got guitarist in his Twitter bio, because he's like, you know, like, my dad hasn't played guitar in, played guitar in years, but... When he did, you know, he just, like, kind of strum a few chords, like, and that's literally what Eric Idol does. It's just always, like, him and his acoustic guitar, like, strumming some really basic chords. Why the fuck would they invite him? Like, the Ruttles are, like, a precision-engineered parody-slash-pastiche. Mm. Neil Innes is an incredibly talented musician, and so he can precisely copy all the twists and turns of a Beatles song yeah
4: and then in the ultimate irony get precisely <laughs> copied by the Gallagher brothers decades later <laughs>
2: uh, w- oh what it's whatever is a ripoff of How exactly, Sweet to Be an like, Idiot literally it's like yeah. the same with <laughs> just different words that's <laughs> pr- pretty funny but you know I bet, I bet Oasis I'm sure Now they probably slagged off Neil Innes when people pointed out the rip-off. They're like, oh, he's not fucking done anything good in years. It's like, mate, he did the Ruttles anthology. I mean, Eric Idle listened to it. Sorry, sorry, the Beatles anthology for Ruttles archaeology. You can hear now live (laughs) the conflict in Jack's head between two of his,
4: you know, weighing up two of his heroes here. It's it's interesting to see play out.
2: (laughs) What, Gapes and Eric Idle? (laughs) <laughs> four, four of jack's heroes <laughs> it's a quadrilogy of of legends <laughs> to be an idiot oh man I can't remember what it was oh there was it was an Irishman podcast I listening to a podcast about the Irishman and I was just thinking my speed with that joke my uncommon speed there <laughs> reminded me of of just how uh, there were just these I can't even remember what they were now but there were like two separate moments in the, sh- in the show where I was just like, joke, joke, I've got a joke. And it was just these four film critics. None of them thought of, like, the really obvious joke. Shocker. I was like, you, you fucking, yeah, an absolute shocker, man. I was, I was just rattled. So, I guess we've done our bit. We've talked about Eric Idol for, like, an hour or something. Yeah. Cool. Right? We've given him all the attention that the stupid online interventions in politics of a very rich expat deserve probably the most attention Uh,
4: he's got outside of monty python related projects in decades
2: (laughs) yeah so you know eric we do it for you man so let's wrap up all right thanks everyone goodbye right now (laughs) now let's uh, now let's wrap up the, the other episode
0: Very passable, this risotto. Very passable.
8: Nothing like a good glass of Chateau
5: de Chassilly wine. Aye, Jolian? Ah, you're right there, Jolian. Who'd have thought, 30 years ago, we'd all be sitting here doing political journalism?
0: Aye. Uh, in them days, we'd have been glad to have had the price of a cup of coffee.
5: A cup of cold coffee. Without milk or sugar. <laughs> and nay froth. Or coffee.
0: In a filthy, cracked cup. A big working man's cup. Not one of those little dainty
5: ones. We never used to have a cup. We used to have to drink our coffee out of a rolled up newspaper. Worse still, hit with a daily mail. The toxins in that. Coffee? Bit middle class for me, lads. The
8: best we could manage was to suck the toxins out of a piece of damp cloth. But you know, we were happy in those days. Though we were poor.
7: Aye,
0: because we were poor. My old dad used to say to me, money don't buy your happiness.
5: He was right. I was happier then and I had nothing. We used to live in this tiny old house. Tiny it was, He could only fit the five of us and a lodger and the cook and the maid and my nanny and my lion tamer in there. Took me die years to pay off the mortgage. House? You were lucky to
8: have a house. We used to live a hundred floors up in a ghastly high-rise with only the opulent splendour of our penthouse suite to make that bitter pill an easier one to swallow. You were lucky to have a penthouse suite.
6: The rent of my father's modest 26-bedroom manor was so steep he could barely afford to pay for my public school education. Oh, we used to dream
0: of getting a public school education. I had to earn my educational stripes in an old water tank on a rubbish tip. Or at least, that was what we called my local comprehensive.
5: Well, when I say public school, it were only a series of makeshift huts, at least while they renovated the main buildings to add in some state-of-the-art IT equipment and the like. Aye, aye. I
8: too had a modest education at my local comp, but they kicked me out when we moved out of the catchment area to another manor. Me parents didn't send me to Eton out of choice, you know. You were lucky to have a school. A home school from the
6: womb right up until I turned 18, when the father marched me into the Daily Mail and General Trust head office and demanded they make me deputy eugenics editor. Deputy eugenics editor? Aye, principal leftist that I am.
0: You were lucky. I did ten years' hardcraft on the Guido Fawkes underage leftist Facebook trawling desk. Searching the names, verifying that they're underage, downloading their pictures, masturbating over their pictures, publishing their pictures with a witty rejoinder attached, masturbating over the witty rejoinder. With nary a promotion in sight, that is, until I got hired as social media correspondent by The Guardian.
8: Luxury. "'We had to roll out of bed at five in the morning, "'have a big bump of cocaine, "'have a swig of whiskey and some cocaine to take the edge off, "'go to work, Fleet Street, every day for a mere £105,000 a year, "'get acting phones before I'd even add me secondary hit of cocaine in the morning, "'transcribe the voicemails, masturbate over the voicemails, "'treat myself to a brief cocaine lunch,' Head off to Downing Street for t- rest of today to do comms for the Prime Minister. Go back to office by dusk. ax some more phones, bribe some police officers, and then finally masturbate and/or fall asleep, cocaine permitting. Or well, we had it tough.
6: We used to have to get into Daily Mail offices as soon as our work day was officially scheduled to start. Get called a cunt by Mr. Dacre from the minute we stepped through the door until so soon as we started to cry. And then lick Mr. Dacre's arsehole clean with our own tongues. We had no choice. We wanted to be journalists. What's more, the senior eugenics editor and phrenology correspondent were art bullies. Our Mr. Dacre would take pity on me and stop calling me a cunt for five seconds and slice me in two with a bread knife. And what did I
5: get in return? Nothing, bar being made editor of the Times. Right. I had to get up in the morning at ten o'clock at night, gulp down a pint of cocaine, pen a cover story that'd make the BMP blush before I'd even allow myself a yawn, keep me chauffeur waiting so long while I hack voicemails in bed that he died of old age in me drive, make him drive me to work anyway once I was quite bloody ready, stop on Tootway to take a shit on a Labour MP's doorstep, hack their phone, get into the office, go on Guido Fox, report their latest story as a major scoop of my own, go back on Guido folks, to do some research on eugenics, find other lower ranking journalists in the office and call them a bunch of cunts, masturbate over the act of calling them a bunch of cunts, vape some cocaine, bribe a police officer for some more cocaine, and just as I were leaving to office, pass Paul Dacre in the lobby and get called a cunt. But
0: well, you try and tell Owen Jones that today, and he won't believe you.
8: No. 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 no, no. no.
6: It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.